helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to another insightful episode of the Life Transformation Show. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and today we're diving deep into a topic that touches the core of our faith journey. We'll explore strategies for those with an anxious, preoccupied attachment style as they rediscover and strengthen their relationship with God. The title for today's show is Rediscovering God, Strategies for the Anxious Preoccupied. I'm thrilled to have our resident psychotherapist, Michael Hart, with us today to shed light on this important topic. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Denise. It's so great to have you here to ask these interesting questions. And it's a pleasure for me to be here. And I'm very excited as well to cover this topic today. I think it's going to be a great discussion. Absolutely, Michael. So today, we're going to navigate the intricate terrain of attachment theory and its influence on our perception of God. We'll also delve into the impact of early trauma and how it can shape our faith experiences. Yes, that's correct. And uh, attachment theory is a fascinating lens through which to explore our faith journey. As we go into this show, you're going to be understanding how your faith journey has been affected by your attachment style. If you missed the first part of the series that we did on attachment and faith, I suggest that you listen to it and see which of the attachment style you fall under. Today we'll be doing specifically the anxious preoccupied attachment style rediscovering faith, but we'll also in future shows be talking about how the other styles can rediscover their faith in God. So, we'll be exploring how individuals with anxious, preoccupied attachment style improve their relationship with God, despite the limitations that having this style may have on a person's faith. We originally thought that we could do a Rediscovery God podcast for all the attachment style in one show. But the more we discussed the ideas, Michael, the more we felt that it would not do the topic justice to just cram all the attachment styles into one show. So in the next two weeks, we will cover the other styles, that is the dismissive avoidant type and the fearful avoidant. That's right, Denise. And I'm so happy that we didn't go ahead and try to cram everything in one because I think as we go through this show today, you're going to see why because there are so much information that we have to share that we couldn't do all the three styles. So I realized that for those of you who listened last week's show, we're we're, we're deviating a little from the plan that we had, but you will see that it makes good sense as we go through this show. <laughs> That's correct, Michael. So why don't you start by giving a brief recap of how attachment styles impact on one's relationship with God? Yes, before I do so, I'd just like to remind our listeners that if you are new to the show, you can find out more about us by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So your question, Denise, was about starting by sharing how attachment 
impact a person's relationship with God? Well, attachment theory suggests that the early caregiver-child relationship forms the foundation of how individuals perceive and interact with others throughout their lives. And this includes their relationship with God. If a person experiences a secure and loving attachment to caregivers, they may find it easier to trust and connect with God as a loving and trustworthy figure. So that's why we're not going to be doing a show on secure attachment, because those individuals with secure attachment already find it easier to have a secure relationship with God. So we're, we're looking at the other three types of attachment, and in today's show we're doing the anxious, preoccupied, rediscovering God for those individuals. And uh, the, the theory also talks about early trauma. So conversely, individuals who experience neglect, abandonment, or trauma in their early caregiver relationship, they may struggle with feelings of unworthiness, fear of rejection, or difficulty in forming trusting relationship, including their relationships with God. Uh, great points, Michael. So, as usual, we normally uh, use this scripture when we discuss uh, the topics. So, what does the scripture say about early influences on a person's adult life? The first scripture that comes to mind, Denise, is Proverbs 22, verse 6, where it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And a lot of us think that when it comes to training a child, it means sitting down the child special with a, a book and pencil and teaching the child. But we teach children through how we live. We teach children through the experiences that they have under our care. And the Bible is saying that the experiences that they have train them up in such a way that when they're old, they will not depart from it. So for those who have had anxious attachment uh, style attachment because of their early trauma, it's very hard for them to feel secure in their relationship with God. Another scripture that comes to mind is Isaiah 49, 15, where it says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. So the scripture underscores God's commitment and compassion, but it also states that it's possible for children to be abandoned and neglected by a mother. And that implies also of abandonment by fathers as well. Those scriptures really were on point, Michael, with attachment injury. Another one that comes to mind for me is uh, Psalms 27 verse 10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's a fascinating verse. And that's a very good one and very applicable because people with attachment injuries often feel that God has forsaken them. But that scripture that you have just quoted saying, even though you may have abandonment by your mother and father, 
The Lord is not the same. But the problem is that many people, because of the abandonment and neglect by their parents, they project that onto God. Absolutely. Since we are focusing specifically on rediscovering faith for the anxious preoccupied, why don't you give a quick recap for this attachment style and recap how it impacts their relationship with God? That's a good place to start. Last week, uh, we or, or two weeks ago, we talked we talked about this attachment style, and it says, and we said that individuals with an anxious, preoccupied attachment style that they often experience inconsistent caregiving during their early years, and that they may have felt uncertain about their parents' responsiveness. And as a result of that, they have developed a heightened sensitivity to cues of rejection or abandonment. These individuals tend to be preoccupied with their relationship and may have a strong fear of rejection. And they may worry about whether they are truly loved and valued by others. So anxious, preoccupied Preoccupied individuals often seek constant reassurance and validation from their attachment figures to ease their anxiety and insecurity. So in adult relationship, we find that they are very insecure, usually very clingy and often seeking validation from others. And they may also feel very insecure in their relationship with God. So those with an anxious, preoccupied attachment style may approach God with a constant need for validation and a need for reassurance of his love and presence. And also, during challenging times or periods of doubt, they may experience heightened feelings of being distant from God. They might question whether they have somehow caused God to withdraw his, his love are his favors. And as a, as a result, their prayers and religious practices may be driven by this desire to maintain a close connection with God, fearing that if I don't pray enough, God is going to abandon me. Or if I don't read my Bible enough, God is not going to be there for me. I guess an example of these are individuals who may feel the need to be prayed over and over and over again for their salvation because they are anxious about not being forgiven. Is that so? That's correct, Denise. These individuals often need religious rituals to feel secure in God. So these are people who will also ask to be rebaptized. And some of these individuals, I have seen cases where people have been baptized three, four, even five times, or they've gone to the altar hundreds of times to say the sinner's prayer and repent and start over their relationship with God because they are just not sure that God heard them the first time. And these people are usually people with the anxious, preoccupied style of attachment. So, in uh, the show we did uh, two weeks ago, you had used uh, Martha as an example from Luke 10, 38, 42. And as someone who may had 
anxious, uh, preoccupied attachment style because she was so preoccupied with her responsibilities and worried about external matters. So in Luke 10, verse 40, Martha expresses her concerns to Jesus about her sister not helping with the, er the preparations. You know, her behavior suggested a preoccupation with task and a need for validation and support. But it also depicts her going to Jesus, a religious leader, for help in her dispute with her sister. So can you speak to how anxious, preoccupied individuals interact with religious leaders today? That's an excellent question, Denise. What we find with those with anxious, preoccupied style is that they often have unrealistic expectation of their religious leaders. And we see this in the case of Martha. That's an excellent example that you drew reference to. And so we, we find that today. So these individuals may have a lack of boundaries and they may be overly, they may be overly, uh, they may place a lot of demands on their religious leaders, such as calling them at inconvenient hours of the night or expecting the leader to do devote hours and hours of their time during the day speaking with them. But conversely, we also see that these individuals, if they have unscrupulous religious leaders, they may lack the, the boundary, the sense of boundary to be able to to put boundaries between themselves and the religious religious leader. So they may be overly accommodating or compliant, even if it goes against their personal beliefs or comfort. And these individuals sometimes are taken advantage of in religious circles because of their anxiety they feel. Maybe I need to give more. If I give more, I'm going to get the love of the religious leader. Or maybe if I just give more, God will finally love me and my feeling of abandonment and neglect will go away, but it doesn't. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against giving, but I'm saying that it can come from an unhealthy place. And even the Apostle Paul talked about that our giving must not be out of compulsion. So people with this kind of religious, uh, this, this kind of attachment injury, the anxious, preoccupied, often give out of this this sense of desperation. But what we also find is that they have great fear of abandonment and this fear of rejection. The anxious, preoccupied individual often fear rejection and abandonment in their relationships with religious leader. And in this context, they may worry that religious leaders will distance themselves or disapprove of them, triggering intense anxiety. And as a result, they, they are seeking constant reassurance that they're okay from their religious leaders. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Rediscovering God, Strategies for the Anxious Preoccupied. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. 
Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. So you said earlier that anxious, preoccupied individuals have a heightened sense of abandonment. Now, if a religious leader tried to put boundaries in place, for example, trying to limit the number of hours they can spend speaking to someone with anxious, preoccupied attachment, could this be perceived as abandonment? Absolutely, Denny. Someone with a, a anxious, pre- preoccupied style, anxious, preoccupied attachment style may see this as a rejection. Whereas someone else may say, my leader is busy. He has other things to do. He has other people to visit. So I can understand that he does not have the time to devote to me. But someone with this anxious style will definitely view that as attachment. Another sign that we see with those with anxious preoccupied style is that they have excessive guilt. And so they worry a lot about not pleasing God and not meeting some unknown religious standard. And religious Leaders, if they're not aware of this attachment style and how it affects individual, religious leaders may inadvertently exacerbate these feelings if they emphasize strict rules or consequences instead of also teaching about the love of God. And uh, people with this style may also have difficulty with forgiveness. They may struggle with accepting forgiveness or the concept of grace grace, of grace. That is grace, this concept that God loves us unconditionally and that it's an unmerited favor. They may have great difficulty understanding that. So you explained that really well, Michael. I would imagine that religious scrupulosity can be very draining. If you are suffering from religious scrupulosity or religious uh, OCD, we did an entire show called Religious OCD, which I think will be very helpful for listeners, for anyone suffering from anxiety as a result of excessive uh, guilt. Absolutely, Dennis. That is so right. That is exactly what that is called, uh, excessive guilt. Sometimes it's a form of OCD where those with this condition, they are preoccupied with, I need to pray certain hour per day, or I need to say certain psalm over and over again in order to relieve my sense of guilt or shame. And this becomes a sort of OCD complex, religious OCD. So thank you for referring to that show, because I think it may be a good show for those with this tendency to listen to. Absolutely. I would imagine that if someone has the anxious, preoccupied attachment style, they may gravitate more towards some doctrinal issues, such as end times prediction. Is this the case? Absolutely it is. And that's another good point. What we find is that they tend to, to be preoccupied with end times prophecies, fear of the, of the apocalyptic event of the end times. And they may become consumed with thoughts about the end of the world and their faith and the faith of their loved ones when the world comes to an end. They may fear missing the rapture. And so we, what we find with a lot of these individuals with anxious, preoccupied, they become preoccupied with dates, prediction online about when God is going to come. 
And so they will gravitate to those kinds of teachings because it relieves their anxiety. In other words, if you know that God is coming uh, in November of this year, then it takes away the uncertainty about his coming and gives you this sense of control. But what I find is that a lot of these people, they are misled and they believe uh, these erroneous teachings online and they gravitate to these to these kinds of teaching. I also find that some of these individuals may be extremely conservative and they may 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 think that something even like having a Nintendo, their children having Nintendo is the greatest of sin that is going to cause God to abandon the entire family or the child watching a television show that most of the people would think it's okay would be a great breach that is going to create the wrath that's going to call down the wrath of God from heaven. So (laughs) I feel it for religious leaders now. They have to be concerned about many things. So what can religious leaders do to help someone who has the anxious, preoccupied attachment style? I would say to address these challenges, it can be beneficial for both the anxious, preoccupied individual and the religious leaders to have open and empathetic communication. Uh, And here are some other strategies. Religious leaders can greatly benefit from familiarizing themselves also with the attachment theory and its implication for their congregation members. By understanding the basics of the attachment theory, leaders can recognize signs and behaviors associated with anxious, preoccupied attachment. So if you're listening to this show today and you're a religious leader and you would like to know how to identify this style, go back and listen to our podcast that we did on attachment and faith because we discuss all the styles in that podcast. Uh, Great points, Michael. Well said. I would imagine that educating congregants about doctrinal issues such as grace or end-time prophecies can also be helpful. That's that's an absolute must because I find that a lot of people, they're anxious and preoccupied about end-time prophecies because they do not have the, the 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 right teachings at their church or it's not emphasized enough, so they're looking for answers online, and they find these people who know nothing about the Bible, they are not scholars, they are just people who who have their own interpretation of scriptures and they interpret dates, and many of these people have given thousands of dollars to individuals who have prophesied that the world was going to come to an end and that they need to give away their money because it will be of no good. So I think that's a valid point and very important point for leaders to teach and educate about doctrinal issues as well. So now we need to help the anxious, preoccupied person. What can those persons do to improve their own faith journey? I think that's an important question. And when it comes to them helping themselves, I think it's important for them to seek spiritual guidance. They need to engage in open and honest discussion with religious leaders or mentors who can provide guidance and support in addressing doctrinal concerns. It is not enough to get your theology from the internet. Try to seek out people who study 
uh, theology and who has a knowledge about the Bible and seek people you can trust and do not uh, spend your time listening to these teachers online, most of whom do not know anything about which they are talking. Another thing would be for them to study take time to study religious texts and theology on their own, seeking a deeper understanding of faith doctrines and also to reflect on personal beliefs and seek to develop a more nuanced and balanced perspective instead of going off on a tangent with certain, with a particular verse of scripture that might be taken out of context. I think you're so right, Michael. Another thing, good strategy is for them really to avoid certain social media content. I think that is such a great point because I think a lot of times the social media content, they sensationalize the end time doctrines and they create fear in the process and fear sells online. If you can get people to fear that God is coming back and that there's going to be a great destruction and all of the other things that they will tell you that make you fearful, then of course you're going to want to tune into that channel again to listen to what they have to say. So I would say stay away from certain social media content that tend to predict when God is coming, many of whom have failed over and over again. I think also community involvement is an important point. Active participation in a supportive faith community can provide a source of comfort and a source of belonging for individuals. So seek out group activities, volunteering and and be involved in community events. Those things can strengthen your bond with others and offer a sense of unity and belonging. Those are great points to help them, Michael. But I think this will take a step of faith for some anxious, preoccupied individuals as they may fear being hurt, betrayed, or abandoned. Yes, Denise, it's not going to be easy because that anxiety will also make them think negatively about people and anticipate abandonment. But as you say, it is a step of faith. As the Bible tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you're seeking to get over your anxiety, you also need to expose yourself to the very thing that you fear as a way of getting over it. And I think embracing grace is a big step. If you can embrace the concept that you are loved unconditionally by God. It will be a big step in, in rediscovering God. So, Michael, I know that even though you are a psychotherapist, you believe that the Word of God is a great source of comfort for many kinds of emotional and mental health issues. So, can you go through some of the scriptures that can be comforting for the anxious preoccupied? One of the scriptures that immediately come to mind is Isaiah 41.10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right Righteous right hand. And so this verse emphasized God's constant presence and his promise to provide strength and support. So another scripture that comes to mind for me is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 uh, to 30. Come to me, 
all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a fantastic scripture that is in John 14, 27 says, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not let it be afraid. Well, Michael, thank you for all the scriptures and all the discussion. They was very informative. I hope the listeners found that. We're now at the end of our show. So don't miss next week's episode, Rediscovering God, Strategies for the Dismissive Avoidant. Remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. If you missed any part of today's show or want to revisit it, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services' YouTube channel. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Your contribution will directly impact those seeking support and guidance. Thank you for joining us today on the Live Transformation Show. Until next time, I'm your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.